Welcome everyone to Celtic Preacher Podcast 101. And today we are looking at a common belief that many, many people carry that Jesus would question and say, not so fast. And that common belief is, being a good person means that I say yes when somebody wants me to help them. That's a common, common belief for many people. They think that if someone asks them or requires them to do something, in order to be a good person, they really need to say yes to that. Now, Jesus would question that and he would say, not so fast. What Jesus does teach us, he does teach the need to be, to learn how to be a servant. Now, when we hear that word servant, we translate that as, oh boy, that might mean that if Jesus is asking me to be a servant, that could possibly mean I have to say yes to everything that comes my way. And you know, you know how many needy people are in the world, right? So you, that you could spend a lot of time helping all the needy people in the world. Not so fast, Jesus says. Not so fast. That is not what it means to be a servant. So we're going to be looking at that whole concept of this biblical term is called servanthood. Um, We don't use that word nowadays, but it really gets to the heart of this more common way that we speak today about the need to uh, say yes and help other people. Um, Yeah, it's good to help people, but not all the time. Someone wants you to take them to the airport. You You feel like, oh, well, you know, somebody's asked me to take them to the airport. I better do it. Or... Someone wants to come and stay at your place for a month that's completely not convenient at all. But you think, oh, well, you know, since they've asked, I should really put myself out and do this. Or somebody wants you to look after their children or their grandchildren five days a week. Or someone wants to call you and you know that they're on the phone for two hours every time they call. I mean, there's so many ways people can... (laughs) you know, uh, ask you to do things and and really in your heart of hearts, maybe you don't want to do it or you don't have the time or you'd rather do something else, but you say yes anyway. That's not being a servant, Jesus would say. That's not being a servant. That's not actually what God is calling you to do at all. If you want to drive someone to the airport, fine. If you want to help a friend and to speak on the phone for an hour, fine. That's fine. You can do all these things. But when he speaks about being a servant, it is not first and foremost about meeting the needs of everyone around you. Because, you know, when you think about it, if you meet the needs of everyone around you, all that happens is, is that you get stressed and tired, right? You get stressed and tired. There's nothing particularly life-giving, Christ-like, 
Okay, so when I'm talking about being Christ-like, I'm talking about life-giving, because that's what he came. He said, I've come to bring you life and give it to you abundantly. There's nothing particularly life-giving about being stressed out and tired. So Jesus' way always leads to transformation, change. It can end up changing you, healing you, and helping you become the person that you were created to be, not the person that other people necessarily want you to be. That's totally different, right? So we're looking at servant living, and it is certainly not an endless list of chores. It's not an endless list of tasks to do. I think one of the keys to understand what Jesus meant when he used this phrase a lot, you need to learn how to be a servant. One of the keys to understanding what Jesus meant by being a servant is to look at how he lived. In other words, he is the perfect example of what a servant looked like. And he said things like, the Son of Man came to serve and not to be served. He would, he would call himself the Son of Man, and he would say, I came to serve, not to be served. And for Jesus, being a servant was knowing what his heavenly Father was leading him to say and do, and of equal importance, what not to say and what not to do. So for Jesus, he's checking in with God for guidance. He's not running around trying to please the world or his family or his children or his grandchildren, whatever, right? He is, he's checking in. What is God's guidance in this particular situation at this time? So when he speaks about learning how to be a servant, it's, it's not about adding to a list of expectations from others. I mean, it's, it's actually two entirely different ways of living. The common way is, if we're inclined to be helpful people, the common way is just to be indiscriminate in our helping. In fact, you can even, <laughs> you can even try and figure out what other people want before they even ask you and try and meet their needs right? It's definitely not what Jesus is requiring or asking us. It has a completely different way of living. And uh, I think that can be a bit of a surprise to people who feel obligated to say yes, that God does not require you to say yes to every single thing that's asked of you. Saying yes isn't being a servant uh, to everyone around you if that's not what God's asking you to do. It's about learning how to be in line with God's priorities. So here's the story today. We're still in Matthew, Matthew 10. And uh, the Ze this is about the Zebedee brothers today. The Zebedee brothers, to the students, get into trouble because they are following their own agenda. They're not the least bit concerned about where God might be leading. Uh, they're following their own agenda and they come up to Jesus and they ask Jesus for a favor. Now, these guys are interesting. They're called the Sons of Thunder. That's what Jesus nicknamed them, James and John. 
It's like, oh boy, here come the sons of thunder. So if their, if their nickname is the sons of thunder, you can imagine that they're not quiet, unopinionated, quiet people, right? They speak their mind. They're brash. They're loud. They're bold. Um, Jesus calls every personality. I mean, these guys are, you know, they're, they're opinionated, bold men. Uh, actually, interestingly enough, when some of the, some people opposed Jesus' message, it was the Zebedee brothers that wanted to call down fire from heaven. They said, hey, Jesus, these guys don't like us. Can we call down fire from heaven? So it just kind of shows you that all, Jesus calls all these different personalities. Can he use us all? So there's hope for us all here, isn't there? So this morning, they live up to their reputation, the sons of thunder. Jesus has been traveling to Jerusalem, and for the third time in a row, now this is the third time, he's trying to prepare them, all of them, for what lies ahead. It's going to be dangerous when he gets to Jerusalem. He does have enemies. He will be arrested. He's going to be handed over to his enemies, and he's going to be killed. And he's going to be raised in three days. No one ever hears that last phrase because all they hear is he's going to be arrested. He's told them this three times in a way to try and prepare them to know that it's not necessarily going to be smooth sailing here. So they have to hang on in there when the going gets tough. Now, I don't really know what the sons of thunder actually heard Jesus say, because they respond with, Jesus, verse 35, we want you to do whatever we ask. We're, we want you to do us a favor. Now, he's just been talking about up and coming suffering. And, and, and they ask, Jesus, we want you to do us this favor. And he says, okay. Jesus says, what do you want me to do? Well, they said, when you, when you come into your power and your glory and you know, when things get sorted out and because they're thinking that he's going to be a, like the earthly rulers and like the ancient earthly kings and have great power on the earth and be able to tell people what to do. So they say, Jesus, when you come in all your power and glory and, and you know, when, like this, when we win this war against these Romans and when we're in charge, not the Romans, you know, you're going to need some good men around you. And, and how about me and John, how about we're the ones to help you? And we can be a right and left-hand men. So they're really asking for positions of power and authority and clout. So they're saying, Jesus, you know, when things work out for us, I mean, it's, it's not actually worked out yet, but when they do work out, when you come in all your glory and power and we win this war against the Romans, we want to be your right-hand men. I want to make sure things get done for you, your way. Just say the word. We'll take care of the details. So <laughs> Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. You don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup of suffering? Oh, yeah, they said. They're pretty confident. Yeah, we do. We do. We, we, we know that we'll be able to, whatever comes, yeah, suffering, whatever. 
we can handle it. So maybe at this point they're, they're, they're figuring out that we know it's not going to be easy, we know it's not going to be a bed of roses, Jerusalem's going to be hard when we get there, we know that you have enemies there, but whatever happens, we're willing to face it down. So yeah, but in their minds they're hoping that when they do get to Jerusalem, there's going to be a reversal of power. The Romans that are now in charge will be out and they'll be the boss, which is actually not Jesus' way at all. Jesus is never, ever interested in a reversal of power. I mean, it just doesn't work that way at all because he comes in with a completely different way, usually a way that no one's ever even contemplated or thought about it's so different. So there's the sons of Zebedee talking about their places of power. They want to be the right-hand men. They want to have some clout. And Jesus said, well, you will drink the cup of suffering, meaning you, there, it won't be easy and you will suffer. But as to awarding places of honor, that's not my business. And then all the other disciples, all the other students got angry at James and John when they had this conversation. And Jesus saw this conflict and arguing as the perfect teaching moment, as he often does anytime there's conflict. It's a great teaching moment. Actually, even for us in our everyday lives, I mean, whether or not we're open to receiving it or not, that's a whole other thing. But I have noticed that anytime there is conflict or suffering, it's a perfect moment for growth. Not saying I always take it, by the way, but I do think that it, there's something to that. So Jesus says to them, yeah, about suffering, yes, that'll happen. But you wanting to be my right and left hand, no, no, it's not. it doesn't work that way. You're still thinking in old terms. You're thinking in terms of power. You're following what is familiar to you. Yeah, you're, you're living in a world where people throw their weight around. This is our world, by the way. You're living in a world where people make grabs for power. You know, we all know people where they get a little bit of power and it goes straight to their head, right? Who hasn't had a bad boss? What is that about? It's about somebody who doesn't know how to use power, get some power, and then bully those underneath them. And we know this way because we're familiar with this. This is the way our world works. It's common in the workplace. It's common in families. You know, there's always the unyielding family member where it's my way or the highway. You see it in couples. You're wrong. You should think this way. You need to agree with me. These are all power plays, right? Jesus would say, no, no. What you need is a whole new operating system. It's about being a servant. Zebedee brothers, James and John, sons of thunder. It's about learning how to be a servant, which, by the way, takes a capacity to listen to what God is leading you to do. It takes capacity to stop 
and say to yourself, okay, what is, what is God's best for me here? Because by the way, we're servants of the living God first, right? Jesus said, you know, the Son of Man came to serve and not be served. And he calls us servants too. But our first priority is always to be listening to God first before people, right? Because we put God first. So when he talks about us learning how to be servants of God, he's saying, okay, we have to learn how to listen to God's leading. What is God's priority here? What is God's priority here? Not the needy person that's exhausting you's priority. Not, you know, the neighbor who has endless things for you to do or friend. It's like, what, where's God leading? That's who we listen to first and foremost. Remember that old Dylan song, You Gotta Serve Somebody? That's actually uh, another teaching of Jesus. You're going to end up serving something or someone. It's just a matter of who you end up serving. So the Zebedees, they want to tell people what to do. Because it's a lot easier telling people what to do than stopping and listening to God to find out what my part is to do or not to do. It's a lot easier to look onto someone's life and give instruction. Even if it's from good motives, it's a lot easier to say, now listen, this is what you need to do here. Listen up, this is what you need to do here. And then tell them what to do. And even if it's right, it's this, it, it, maybe even you're given good advice. What if God's saying, I don't want you to give any advice? Never mind good advice. What if God's saying, no, 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 no. I want you to be quiet because I want this one to learn how to listen to me and you're getting in the way with your constant guidance. Yeah, you see? See how different it, would, it, it makes things? First and foremost, we're servants of God, which is about being open to alternatives, different ways of reacting, different ways of speaking, different different ways in how we spend our time, different ways of how much we give of ourselves. Are we balanced? Are we balanced? If you are completely stressed out, overwhelmed, resentful, your own needs are not being met, you're not listening to God's guidance, right? Because God's guidance, remember, God is always going to be leading you toward wholeness, not more fragmentation, right? We've got enough of that in our lives as it is, right? We're already fragmented. So when we're talking about our spiritual lives, we're always moving toward wholeness. So we're always stopping and assessing and we want God's input. Now, that doesn't mean to say we can't get other people's input. You know, I mean, I'm the first one. If I have, a tr if I have trouble, I'm the first one. I'm going to be calling. I'm going to be calling friends. I want to know. I want some input from other people. 
That's what I will do. Um, but, so there's nothing wrong with that, but we always have to be pausing and checking in with God. Yeah, Jesus ways the more difficult way because our natural inclination is to rush on ahead, do our, do, do our own thing, even if our own thing is just to go along to get along. I mean, we might not all be like the Zebedee brothers, right? Pushy. We might be kind of quiet people who just go along to get along. That's not necessarily God's way. I mean, maybe sometimes God says you need to be quiet, but what if God's saying you need to stand up and take responsibility and move ahead and speak your mind, right? Or maybe for the Zebedees, maybe it's like, you boys need to keep quiet. You, you, you need to be quiet. Chill. So it's different for every person, right? Because we're all so different. And of course we can give opinions and offer advice. And of course we can help people. But I think what the Zebedee brothers are struggling with is this, they're sort of manipulating. It's, it's the need for things to be done their way. And, and, and control if necessary to get things done. Now some of us are very upfront with our control and, and others dig their heels in and get very stubborn and passive, but either way it's control. And again, this problem isn't restricted to our home life. It happens in workplaces. It happens in committees. Anyone who is a leader, a boss, a manager, a parent, yeah, you're, you're well familiar with power place. Common, common, common spiritual challenges that test character when no one's looking. Jesus says, no, no. Don't want you to lord over people. I know that it's common in the world, not with you. If you want to be great, if you want to be your, grow into your best self, we're growing up to our best self, you have to learn how to listen to that still small voice. You have to learn how to listen to the small still voice of the Spirit. If you're stressed by all you're doing, who is it that is pushing you to do all of this? Because it's not the leading of the Holy Spirit. So who's requiring this of you? Yeah, it's, we can be our own worst enemy, you know? We can be our own words. Sometimes it's just me. Sometimes I'm the one who's requiring me to do things that God or people aren't even asking me to do. Do you automatically say yes before you think? Do you think for other people? Do you assume you know what other people need without checking in with them? Jesus' way is thoughtful, it's prayerful, and it's spirit-led. It's not guilt-led. We're not called to follow guilt. You know, I was reminded this week that, that there is such a thing, and it's a strong, strong emotion. There is such a thing as false guilt. 
And you know, this will be this will surprise those of you. Those of you who struggle with feeling guilty, this might surprise you that there are personalities that rarely, rarely struggle with guilt. Yeah. They don't worry about stuff that much. So we're not led by guilt. The only good thing about guilt is, is that there, there is a good thing about guilt without getting into a whole other topic here. If you really are doing something wrong and you need to stop, then guilt is good because it, it tells you you got to change your ways. But if it's just that general feeling guilty about not doing as much as you should, that's not the leading of God. We follow Christ's way. We follow Christ's way. So when Jesus teaches about being a servant, it's really about a particular way of living. It's assessing what is the best way, the best response. When to say no is of equal importance as saying yes. Stopping doing is just as important as doing. Some people do too much, some people do too little. Some spend time doing the wrong things. Jesus comes along and says to everyone, listen, you have to learn how to be a servant, which means you need to stop and listen to how God is leading. You need to learn how to listen so you can truly be a servant. Yeah. There's the prayer. There's the heart cry. God, in all my doing, in all my talking, in all my advising, help me to listen to you first. Help me to pause and wait and get a sense of your direction and be still. Help me to hear that still, small voice that I might walk in your ways. Well, thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.